0: I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And good morning, we welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the winning of the lost and the edification of God's saints. Gospel Dynamite is a ministry of Asbury Baptist Church located at 218 Asbury Church Road, Seagrove, North Carolina. I to visit our church on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. You're also invited to visit our website, www.asburybaptist.org. In addition, you can reach more messages and more Bible teaching on gospeldynamite.org as well. Now will you join me in studying the Word of God? You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. I ask you to turn your Bible to Revelation chapter 17, verses 1 through 18. As today, we deal with the judgment of the Babylonian harlot. Revelation 17, verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vows, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that setteth upon many waters." with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carried her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. Here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. There are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. When he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, Which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings, one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he saith unto thee, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore setteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, thee shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast, unto the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. In chapter 16, we witnessed the final judgment of God against this world. We saw God destroy this world through powerful, a series of powerful plagues. We also witnessed the defiance of fallen man. And even in the face of judgment, man refused to repent. Of course, this shouldn't surprise us at all. Man has refused to repent in the face of law, and man has refused to repent in this age of grace. Man is an incorrigible sinner. And apart from the grace of God, mankind is hopelessly lost. The last plague in Revelation 16, verses 17 through 21, brought about a great earthquake, that destroyed the cities of the world. This final great quake devastated all the places that man had created. This earthquake destroyed everything that represented the greatest accomplishments of humanity. All of mankind's centers of pleasure and profit completely wiped out. Since the dawn of time, man has been in the business of trying to get by without God. Man rests on his own power, his own accomplishments, his ability to produce, and his ability to enjoy pleasure. In that last great judgment, everything man trusts is taken away. For we're told in Revelation 16 and verse 19, that great Babylon came in remembrance from before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Babylon is a city, but it's also a system. Babylon represents everything mankind has accomplished apart from God. This system is judged in the seventh bowl judgment. What we have here in chapters 17 and 18 is another parenthetical text, parenthetical passage. These two chapters give us the details of the destruction of the Babylonian system. In chapter 17, we see the destruction of religious Babylon. In chapter 18, we will see the destruction of economic Babylon. Now, let's walk through these verses here in this chapter, verses 1 through 6. We see the Babylonian harlot is described. The first verse tells us that we are going to witness the judgment of the great whore. The word whore is a word that we do not use in decent company but it is a word used by the Bible so we will deal with it and we'll deal with it with confidence because God placed it here. It translates the Greek word porne, which refers to a woman who sells her body for sexual uses, a harlot, a prostitute. It's also used to refer to a woman who is an idolatrist. Now, in this passage, the word refers to the whole system of false religion embraced by the world. And these verses teach us about this system of false religion and how it will be judged in the coming days. Verse 1 gives us the scope of that system. We're told that the harlot sitteth upon many waters. Verse 15 gives us the commentary of this verse. What we see here is it it is a a one-world religious system. Right now, according to Google, there are 4,200 religions, 4,200 religions on this planet. And there is little agreement between any of them. The primary religions recognized by most people are Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, and Hinduism. And most of the world's population observes one of these so-called religions. Now, there's coming a day when all the religions of the world will be brought together under one umbrella under one banner, the antichrist or the false prophet will have a plan that will iron out all the differences between these systems of belief. And one day there will be a one world religion. There's already a great push in that direction now. There's ecumenical movements working together in our day all over the world. Christianity is different from any religion because we have a living founder, we have a living savior. Christianity is not a religion, it is a relationship. However, the world refers to it as a religion because they know nothing of the relationship that we have with a living Christ. When the rapture occurs, all true believers will be removed from this world. What will be left will be those who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. And those people will be easy prey for Satan and this demonic religion. Verse 2, we see the seduction of the system. According to verse 2, the entire world will come under the spell of this great end-time religion. Kings and world leaders will be a part of the great movement, and the whole world will be intoxicated by the teaching of this false system of belief. The great harlot will seduce the world with her promises and her power. Now, in verse 3, we see the supporters of this system. This harlot is supported by the Antichrist, and the Antichrist is the beast, and he carries this religious system to great power in the world. The phrase, full of names of blasphemy, reminds us that the Antichrist will set himself up as God. He will enter the Jewish temple, and he will demand to Be worshiped by the world. We see that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4. He will demand worship and a deluded world will give him what he desires. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 11. He will give this religion its power. According to verse 9, this system sits on seven heels. This could be a definite reference to ancient Rome, which was built on seven hills. Some people think this is a reference that ties it to the Roman Catholic Church. I believe that's a pretty good assumption. And we also have to remember there are seven continents. So the symbolism here is very vivid in the fact that this will be a worldwide system in nature. Now, notice with me in verse 4, we see the success of this system. Just as a prostitute usually dresses provocatively to draw attention to herself, so does his false religions, religious system. This religion wears the colors purple and scarlet. Now, these are the colors of royalty and nobility. She's decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. This speaks of her wealth, her prosperity. This system will be wealthy beyond words. This is true of many of the great religious systems of our day presently. Now, there's big money in religion. Some people grow very wealthy at the expense of others. Now, The Bible tells us that this system is well-connected and prosperous, but it is all a pretense. This harlot holds in her hands a golden cup full of abominations and filthiness of her fornications, the scripture says. And while this religion appears healthy, good, and prosperous on the outside, it is really filled with corruption. It is an abomination to God. And there's a danger as any church or any denomination that grows, it will thrive on its prosperity and forget its allegiance to the Lord. There's a subtle seduction in money and power that can easily lead a system of the course of holiness and godliness. Many movements that begin well have gone away from God, having been seduced by power, popularity, and prosperity. There's a tendency to change so that the trend may continue. Verse 5, we see the spirit of this system. In ancient times, it was common for prostitutes to wear identification so that prospective customers could recognize them. The system is identified by God as the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Now, when we speak of Babylon, many people immediately think of a city. And it is a city located in the country of Iraq. Babylon, the city, was once the the most grand capital of the most powerful nation of the world. Today, it's abandoned by everyone except archaeologists and historians. But my friend, Babylon is also a system. Babylon is described as a system from which every false religious system in the world originated. And this is what the title mother implies. This Babylonian system first appears in Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. The city was called Babel then, and it was founded by a very wicked man named Nimrod. The people of Babel decided to build themselves a tower so that they could leave their mark on the world. Genesis 11, verses 3 and 4. The flood was fresh in their minds, and they wanted to leave their mark on the world. This tower was not designed to reach into heaven as some think. It was designed as a temple of heaven. The constellations were placed on the top of this tower and men climbed it to worship the heavenly bodies, Genesis 11 and verse 4. This tower and the religion in it represented is the first of many false religions started by man. They were the first false religionists, but they would not be the last. However, the same seeds of humanism and pride that are found in their attempt at forming their own religion, can be found in every religion founded by man. God judged these people for their rebellion and for their foolish worship just as he judged them. He will will one day judge all false religions of the world. That's what we see here in Revelation 17. This chapter clearly reveals what will happen to the false religions of this world at the end of the tribulation period. Now notice with me verse 6, we see the slaughter of the system. The system of belief is responsible for the deaths of every saint of God who's ever died at the hands of false religion. From the death of Abel to the prophets, to the early Christian martyrs, to the martyrs of the Inquisition, all the way to the millions of martyrs in the tribulation. Every single death can be laid at the feet of the Babylonian harlot. She is responsible for the deaths of God's children and she will be judged for her bloodthirsty ways. But I would also show you in verses 7 through 15, not only the Babylonian harlot described, but we see the Babylonian system demystified. The Verses we're about to consider are among the most confusing to many in the book Revelation and I do not count myself out of that. I don't claim to have all the answers, but I do hope that we can make a little progress and some sense to something that we can understand today. Verses 7 through 11, we see the beast demystified. As I said, these are some confusing verses, but verse 8 refers to the miracle of the Antichrist's death and resurrection. That's found in Revelation 13, verse 3 and verse 14. Now, whether his death or resurrection is real or faked, doesn't matter. The result will be the same. Most of the lost people of the world will believe the miracle and will follow the Antichrist. Now, verse 10 refers to the seven great world kingdoms. Five were already passed in John's day. Egypt, Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece. One was ruling. That was Rome. The one to come is the kingdom of the Antichrist. Verse 11 refers to the reign of the Antichrist. He will be a world leader, but after the miracle of his death and resurrection, he will become the ruler of the world. But his judgment is set in stone. Even with all his power and popularity, The Antichrist is headed to perdition. The word perdition means utter destruction. Verses 12 and 13, we see the benefactors demystified. These two verses refer to ten kings who will give their allegiance and power to the Antichrist. In return, he gives them great power, great authority. These kings are wholly committed to the reign of the Antichrist. They're given a kingdom. The rain is short-lived. The Bible describes it as one hour. Verse 14, we see the battle demystified. As we mentioned in our last study, the nations of the world are under the direction of the Antichrist and his kings will gather to, to do battle with Jesus Christ at Armageddon. They're fighting a losing battle because they're foolish enough to think that they can beat the lamb, much less attack the lamb. The lamb they attack is the king of kings and lord of lords. And he will utterly destroy them with the word of his mouth, Revelation 19, verses 11 through 21. We'll get to that in a few weeks. Now, this verse also refers to those who are with the lamb when he does battle with the world. These people who are called and chosen and faithful refer to the bride of Christ. My friends... This is us. When he comes, we're coming with him. And we will watch the lamb do battle and shout for him as he claims victory over all his enemies. What a day that will be. But notice with me also in verses 16 and 17, we see the Babylonian harlot destroyed. Verse 16, we see the reality of the harlot's destruction. After the Antichrist and his minions use the harlot to achieve power, they will turn on her. When they have reached the pinnacle of success, they have no more need of a religious system. They turn on the harlot and they totally destroy her. Verse 17, we have the reason for the harlot's destruction. The Antichrist and his followers do not know it, but they are merely doing the will of the Lord. He is the one who puts into their hearts to destroy the Babylonian religious system. And God uses these wicked men to carry out his will against fake and false religion. God hates false religion. And in the end of the world, he will use the ungodly to destroy the ungodly. Organized religion is a disgrace to God. When ritual and tradition and the doctrines of men take prominence over the Lord God, it is false worship. It does not matter what name they have over the door. It does not matter what they claim to be. When anything or anyone but Jesus Christ is the center of attention, it is a false religion, and it will be destroyed by God. When the tribulation period ends, all false religion will have been destroyed. This will pave the way for the millennial reign of Christ and he will usher in a 1,000-year period of time when people will worship no one but him. Did you know that man is, by very nature, religious? That's right. All people worship something. Everyone believes something. Even the person who claims to be an atheist believes in his unbelief. When it's all said and done, this thing comes down to two simple choices. Jesus Christ or false religion. Every belief system in the world that does not center on the Lord Jesus Christ is a false system of. A belief. It is a false religion. How can I say that? Because listen to what Jesus said, John chapter fourteen, verse six: "I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me." Listen again, Acts four twelve. Neither is your salvation in any other for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Listen to one more. John 8:24. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins for if ye believe not that I am he ye shall die in your sins. That is not my word. That is his word. So what is it with you? Is it Jesus Christ? Or is it religion? Oh, do not be satisfied to join a church or be baptized. Do not be satisfied to get your name on a roll of some religious organization. Don't be satisfied with Anything less than believing on Christ and him alone for your salvation. Anything else is false. Anything else is religion. Anything else is made up. Anything else other than Christ is a prescription for hell. One day God will judge and do away with false religion. And listen to me. He does not take pleasure nor enjoy it. He will destroy it. Be sure that you are in Jesus Christ. Be sure that you're born again. Be sure that Jesus Christ is all that you have because, my friend... He is all that you need. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We trust it's been a blessing. Trust you'll have a great week in the Lord. Log on to our website, gospeldynamite.org, and let us know if you've accepted Christ or this message has helped you. God bless you, and we trust you have a great day in the Lord.